Welcome to the Grand Central Fantasy Podcast, where just like Grand Central, we get you where you need to be for your fantasy football team. Now, give it up for your hosts, Sean and Mikey Rock. What is up, GCF fam? It's your boy, Sean, here, back at it again with another edition of the Grand Central Fantasy Podcast. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, my partner in crime, my partner in life. Yes, we are life partners. Mike, Mikey, rock. What's going on, Mike? Talk to me. Bartle do. What's the fucking dealio, kiddo? Bro, I am just ready. Honestly, let me just let me um take be the honest floor with here. Here. Let me take the floor for a couple minutes. Shut the fuck up. Shut, please shut up. Um, mute, mute. I am ready to give the people the grand central fantasy family as we like to call them as much as possible around here. Our top 30 running back rankings for the 2021 season. How you feel about that? Oh, dude, I'm ready. I tweeted about it today, how I was pumped up to record this podcast to let the fucking people know the motherfucking deal. Top 30, you heard? And if you're familiar with our podcast, just like the um, quarterback one, that we did a couple weeks ago. You can find that wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get them these days. iHeartRadio, I found out we're on there too. Um, wherever you get them, go ahead, check it out. We got our rankings. We jump right into it. Mike gives his first five. I give my first five, so on and so forth. We give our reactions. But real quick, Mike, we got to plug our Patreon right off the bat. Last time we did it, it was at the end. I don't know if a lot of people got it. If you are looking for that unlimited access to us this season for help with your fantasy team, I'm talking from draft day to deep into the playoffs, check out our Patreon, Grand Central Fan on Patreon. We got a link in the Twitter. We should. If we don't, we're going to put it up soon. And basically, we have tiers just like every other Patreon. Very cheap, very affordable. I think our highest tier is like $5 um, a month during the season. So check it out. Let us know what the fuck is going on. Let us know how we can help you because as always, we're, you know, we're trying to help our guys win. You know what I'm saying? We're, we are elite fantasy football players and we're just trying to pass on that knowledge. So Mike, I mean, if you don't have anything else to add, Go ahead and break it down for me. Who are your top five? All right. Yeah, let's get this shit started. And um, at number one, it's probably, you know, mostly everybody's number one. We got CMC. Love it. Number two, Dalvin Cook. Number three, I got your boy, your boy, Derrick Henry. Hell yeah. Number four, I got AK, Alvin Kamara. And number five, I'm going to go with, that's right. I'm eating. I'm eating. Feed Zeke. Ezekiel Elliott. Hey, oh, let's go. Alarm sound them. That was supposed to. Stop. That was supposed to stop after one. Nah, no, nah, it was. It was necessary. Wow, that's crazy. All right, let me give you mine. Yep. CMC number one. Obviously, we really don't have to spend too much time on him. Number two, and for the second year in a row, at number two, I got Derrick Henry. Number three, I got Dalvin Cook. Number four, I got my motherfucking boy, Nikki Chubb. And number five, I have Alvin Kamara. Now, Mike, I just want to put in this condition right here. I only didn't put 
Kamara ahead of Chubb just because we don't know the quarterback situation in uh, New Orleans yet. That's the only reason why I put him low. I, I probably do like Kamara more, especially in PPR, especially after the year he had last year. But that's where I'm at with it there. So what what's your biggest takeaway right here with the top five? From you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised that you have Nick Chubb there. I really am. Um, I, and it's nothing against Nick Chubb. Mm-hmm. I love Nick Chubb. I love the running back he is, what he possesses. Um, you know, the 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 reason I can't put him in the top five in the same bracket as those guys. Um, number one, he's not reliable from a passing standpoint, and mm-hmm. number two, because um, you still have Kareem Hunt there in the backfield, and Kareem Hunt, you know if you looked at his numbers at the end of the season, I know he's pretty inconsistent at the end of the season, but when it was all said and done, he was running back too. He got, uh, he was a big part of the passing yeah, game. Man. Solid amount of touchdowns. And it's no, but it's, it's nothing against Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb's a number one running back, but yeah. that, that, that's what I, I'm not shitting on Nick Chubb at all. I'm just saying that's, what's holding me back from keeping him as a top five back. Listen, I've been on Chubb for a minute now. His ADP average draft position for those that don't know, is seventh overall. I feel like that's fair, right? In 12 games last year, he had 1,067 yards. He missed four games with that little bit of injury there. Um, He had 12 touchdowns, 12 touchdowns in just 12 games. I mean, Hunt is definitely something you need to keep in mind, but this is going to be Nick Chubb's fourth full season. If he is... If he stays healthy, their schedule is super easy. It's clear. The second half, the first half of the year, I saw a stat. The first half of the year, Kareem Hunt was RB7. And then the back half of the year, once Chubb was really going, he was RB17. So still, you know, nothing against Kareem Hunt. He's good. But, you know, I think Chubb is a guy, I think he's going to absolutely just keep building. And I I think he's going to take off. I love Chubb top five. How are we feeling about Kamara, though? Where did you have oh, him? So I had Kamara. I had him fourth, and you had him fifth. Okay. And um, but I like. Do Kamara. we? We oh, we both love Kamara. He's our guy. He's got swag. Like All he's bad. just you know not not just on a football level, but the dude's a fucking man. Um, and it, you and I are probably in the same situation. Uh, we didn't know exactly where to put him because a lot of it's based on the quarterback situation. You know, I we've talked about this multiple times, how much Taysom Hill was ruining him in fantasy. It took away from his pass catching aspect, his playmaking abilities with uh, Taysom Hill, you know, running the ball and just doing the dumb shit that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, I have him here at four in my mind, thinking that Winston's going to be the starting quarterback. Um, I just feel like, you know, that's will be a way better situation for Kamara for fantasy owners if he's there. Hell yeah. The way, you know, um Winston likes to throw the ball around. Um that's just how that's that's why I have him at four. I could have I, I, I was t- I was thinking about putting him at, you know, third uh in front of Henry, uh, because you know, Kamara's put up those kind of numbers before. I mean, how many seasons has he caught over eighty catches? Um you know, he's he's just been a monster since he's been in the league. And it's crazy to think. I think he's only been in the league for like four years now. Yeah, he's, he's still super young. And the thing with Kamara, I mean, he is the ultimate check down running back. I mean, he is the guy that 
he he feasted off Drew Brees and those little like pick and pops they were doing, like even bubble screens and stuff too. Like he was the man with that. And last year, this is the thing. He had 900, his ADP is fourth overall. So you got him in the perfect spot. Um, he had 932 rushing yards, which is pretty good for him because he's not the biggest rusher, believe it or not. 16 touchdowns overall. Or no, 16, tu- 16 rushing touchdowns. He had 83 receptions for 756 yards and five receiving touchdowns. I don't know if those touchdowns, if he's going to be able to keep those going this year. I do think we'll see some regression. I mean, I'm pretty sure he finished as RB1 or 2 behind Cook. Dep- depends on the format. Um, but, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I... I would take I, if I'm taking Kamara. If I'm taking any of these guys, top five, honestly, Mike. We were talking a little bit last night how none of these running backs are without risk. Like there's no slam dunk pick anymore, yeah. like CMC yeah. was last year. But I, you know, I, I'd be super happy with any of these guys. Where did you have Derrick Henry? I had Derrick Henry number three, and I don't know exactly his average draft position. I, I feel like it's he's going three. after that. It's three. Is it three? Right now, it's okay. three, yeah. And I know some people, I don't know why they still get scared of Derrick Henry because his inability um, in the backfield to catch passes. Dude, his volume is out of control. Uh, he's had over 320 uh, touches in each of the last two seasons, and last year he had almost 400 touches. Um He's a bell cow running back, and yeah. that's what you need in fantasy football because they're so limited, they're so scarce. Uh, and I know some people are, you know, I don't know, I, I, people aren't scared to draft him, but I know some people are hesitant. You know, it's a new offense. Arthur Smith's out of town on his heavy rushing scheme, and now Julio's there. Let's get one thing straight. This is Derrick Henry's fucking football team, yeah, and right. they love running Derrick Henry into the fucking ground. Henry is by far to me, you can tell me if you agree or not, Henry is by far the safest running back in this draft this year. He played 16 games last year. Every fucking game he played. 2,027 yards and 17 touchdowns, okay? We know he's not the biggest PPR guy. Um, you know, he's a third, he's all every down back. In PPR you can still have a running back that isn't huge with catching out of the backfield. Of course, it's great. We would all love Alvin Kamara or even back in the days, the vintage like Pierre Thomas type of running back where they're catching 80 balls and and running for a thousand yards. But a guy like Derrick Henry, he's going to play every game for you. He doesn't have injury history. Like you said, that's his team. I mean, what made you put Dalvin Cook over him? Um, Well, the reason I put him over him was because of his pass catching abilities. Cause he's a PPR guy. Like I'm very big, obviously uh, in PPR leagues, the only format you should be in with guys being able oh, yeah. to catch the ball. But Derrick Henry's an exception because he's a fucking, he's just a beast. There's exceptions to the rules. And this is one of them because he's a guy who's going to grind out 2000 yards and make it look easy. He's a guy who's going to be one of the top touchdown producers in the league. He runs behind one of the best run blocking units, in, uh, you know, almost every year. I think they're like a top 10 unit again. Mm-hmm. But I put Dalvin Cook um, uh, number two because I'm starting to see, you know, 
earlier on with him, his injury concerns were huge. Um, he was missing a lot of time, but the last two years, he's brought more health. I know he still missed some games, but I think it came out to like, what, he missed like four games in two years or something? Yeah. He was just, last year, he was such, he had such an efficient season as a rusher. Um, I think he had like 1,500 rushing yards, over 1,500 rushing yards, and he had 17 touchdowns. Yep. He just like... Dude, he he is a fucking beast. He does everything that you want out of uh you know a dream scenario running back. Um, great offense around him. You know you got um Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Like that's gonna that takes so much pressure off of the running game right there. They can't just stack the box. You can't have a seven eight man box when you got those two great wideouts uh, on your team as well. So you know he's surrounded by a lot of talent on offense, and I just you know. Obviously, you know, health wise, as long as he's healthy, he should put up a top two, top three season with ease. So it's Labor Day weekend. We're having our fantasy football draft because for all you commissioners out there, you should be having your fantasy draft as late as possible. So it's Labor Day weekend, Mike. We're at the house. We're doing our football draft. Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara come up to you at your pick for you personally, which one are you taking? Dalvin cook. Really? hundred percent. I don't know about that, man. I like Kamara, uh, uh, Dalvin but, cook. but like you were saying before, like to bring it back with Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry is the safest guy in this, in this, um, draft as running back. In my eyes, Dalvin cook is a safer pick than Kamara because Kamara doesn't have the dump down drew Brees for him anymore. Like I said, I think you know True. if Jameis Winston's to start his court, starting quarterback, he's still he's going to put up a great season. But this isn't this isn't you know one of the best historical quarterbacks ever to play in the game throwing the ball to you anymore. If Taysom Hill's the fucking uh, oh, quarterback of the Saints, not only am I going to drive to New Orleans and kick Sean Payton in the nuts, yes, I'm definitely not going to fucking draft him. Yes, I mean we we definitely got to kick um, Sean Payton in the nuts and slap his wife in the face. I feel like there's there's nothing less than that we can do because Kamara they threw at him 107 times last year. He caught 83 of those for like I said 756 yards, five touchdowns. Dalvin Cook, Mister Out of the Backfield, super reliable, only 44 receptions. Only 44 receptions. Yeah. Oh, now, now you care about receptions? I'm just saying. So there was Derrick Henry. It's a dollar story. If I could, uh, well, dude, I mean, neither of them no, were 2,000 what, what, what I have down here for one of uh, Dalvin Cook's knocks is his receiving touchdowns, but he still had 17 Russian touchdowns last year. So, I mean, I, I you know. I'm still not. One of the top running backs. I mean, you have him down as your number three running back. Yeah, I might change so, that. I mean, obviously you have really. I might change Jesus that. Christ. God, you heard it. Breaking news, folks. Breaking Sean's news. changing his rankings right here. Wow, great, great idea. Great idea. Um, <laughs> I right, I went to go do a sound, but I deleted it. Listen, we don't uh, we don't have a we don't have a producer here. We don't Andrew. have a producer here at uh, GCF. So uh, my main man, Andrew Deese, if you're listening. Um, he's supposed to be our producer and uh, Neil Romeo, who's also supposed to be our producer, but nobody cares no, about that. Now, fired. Mike, I want to talk about Zeke, but spoiler, I have him at six. Do you want to just oh do, do you want to do the next five and then we'll talk about Zeke? Yeah, let's do the next five. I'll give you mine All right, go um, ahead. right here. 
And, uh, you know, this was a tricky, uh, this was tricky, this area for me. So here we go. Number six, Aaron Jones. Love it. Number seven, Austin Eckler. Number eight, Nicholas Chubb. Okay. Number nine, your fucking boy, Saquon Barkley. Gross. And number 10, your boy, Jonathan Taylor. So this is where you're right. It was difficult. This is where I feel like I already want to like throw out the rankings I did over the past two days because there's <laughs> some guys in here that it, it was just such a toss up for me. And I, I feel like I want to get a little aggressive here because these rankings in this fucking industry, okay, I was telling Mike before about this. I told him I was going to go off a little bit about this in the podcast. Everybody has the same mother fucking rankings when it comes to fantasy running backs. Nobody wants to be um, away from the pack. Nobody wants to take a risk here and there. Nobody really wants to predict the next big breakout guy unless it's some fucking sexy rookie out there. Um, wink, wink, Charles uh, or Clyde Edwards Hilaire, Mike's boy from last year. That we'll, still we'll owes, get to him. He still owes the people an apology for his. We'll TH. get to him. Um, you know, predictions, but these guys, like I'm about to give you my next five, it might raise some eyebrows, but honestly at, on by week 17 or 18 now, because uh, we have the extra game, I don't think it's going to be that crazy. So number six, I got Zeke, your guy. Number seven, I have John Taylor, Jonathan Taylor. Number eight, I have Aaron Jones. Number nine, believe it or not, I have Antonio Gibson from Washington. Love it. Love Number it. Number 10, I have your boy Saquon Barkley. Now, let's let's give the people what they want. Talk about Zeke. You wrote a great blog about Zeke about a month ago um, on GrandCentralFantasy.com. You should be checking out our blogs if you're not. If you're just on the podcast, thank you so much for listening. But also, check out the blogs because you know we're always on there, especially when the season heats up. We're doing four or five blogs a week. So, Talk to me about Zeke. I'll get, let me set you up. His ADP is 11. Last year, bad year, 979 yards, 244 attempts, six touchdowns, 52 receptions for Zeke, which was a high, 338 rece- receiving yards, and two touchdowns receiving. So eight touchdowns total, and he finished outside of the top 12 for running back. So talk to me about Zeke. Dude, I am so excited to see Zeke back, the real Zeke back in action. And it all starts with Dak Prescott. We all know this. We all know what happened. 100%. RIP to Dak Prescott's leg. Oh, wait, it just, you know, reincarnated and um, he's back and he's going to freaking dominate. Because when Dak Prescott was balling out in his first four weeks of the season, do, um, well, first five games got hurt in the fifth game. Do you know what running back Zeke was ranked at that time? Number stat wise, number three. Yes, he was the third overall running back because that's what Zeke does. He puts up top five running back numbers each fucking year. And guess what? Dak Prescott is back. He's healthy. Guess what? The Dallas Cowboys dominant offensive line is back and healthy. They're a little older now. It's not prime, you know, a, a Dallas offensive line when Zeke first came in the league. But they're back and healthy. He doesn't have fucking redheaded stepchild throwing the ball to him. He doesn't have the guinea. I always call him guinea because I don't remember his name. Yes. The other quarterback. 
you know, um, Vinny Gabagol throwing the ball. Yeah, Benny Gabagol. And it just, he has one of the best quarterbacks back in the league to take the pressure off of him. And I, I don't know where the stat is off the top of my head, but he faced so many seven man, eight man boxes throughout the season. It was virtually impossible to do anything um, with that. So I think, you know, we're going to, you know, people are trying to write off Zeke maybe because his age and whatnot. I'm not writing him off. I have him top five. I really, in my heart, truly think that he's a great value pick. Uh, like you said, he's going at the end of the first round. That is just insane to me. If you have a late first round pick and Zeke's there, God bless you, child. It's dis- um, it's disgusting, honestly. And let me tell you right now, let me make a Sean Shredamas prediction right now. Week one. Your first person you're going to have on your uh, put some respect on their name is fucking Ezekiel Elliott. It's disgusting how people are shitting on Zeke. First of all, he's only 25 years old. All right. All reports coming out of or excuse me, he's just about to turn 26. All reports coming out of I don't know if you saw this uh, last yesterday or the day before um, his private coach said that he's never seen him work like this before. He is a monster in the weight room and he's only getting better. Uh I don't I don't get why people I mean he had a down year for all the reasons you mentioned. I mean Dak being out alone is enough of a problem, but I mean their their quarterback play behind him was fucking embarrassing. These guys oh couldn't complete a pass. So, of course, they're going to load the fucking box on Zeke. And I don't care if you're Barry Sanders. You're not going to be able to be a top 12 fantasy running back. Your owners are going to get burned every single time. So, we don't need to really go much more into Zeke. But, I mean, honestly, man, if he's top three next year, maybe taking uh, Dalvin Cook or Derrick Henry's place, would it surprise you at all? No, uh, not at all, man. I mean, when, when you think about the names like uh, Tyron Smith, um, uh, what the hell is it? Zach Martin, mm-hmm. um, uh, Collins, these are all pro offensive linemen as well that missed multiple games. Um, so he there was no lanes for him to run through. He couldn't get comfortable most games. You know, fantasy owners, I, I understand your frustration last year. It, it sucked. I traded for him in one of my leagues, hoping he'd pick it up, and it, you know it didn't work out for me. Oh, I remember. But that. it's not, yeah. But it's not uh, that this wasn't on Zeke, and everyone's going to see this in 2021. I like how you mentioned, you know, uh, they were saying how he's stronger than ever, you know, and he's motivated. Zeke's never been in a situation like this before. He's always been the man. He's always been one of the top tier running backs. People are writing him off now. Listen, when you have a chip on your shoulder like that, sometimes motherfuckers do crazy things. Exactly, bro. And speaking of chips on their shoulders, the Green Bay Packers this year, with all the fucking drama and shit going on, I mean, we still haven't even really reached, we haven't reached training camp yet, so we're hopping on it early because GCF is running this fucking show and we're taking it to the fucking moon. But everybody's counting the Packers out. I myself even have the Vikings winning that division right now. But Aaron Jones, you said you have him sixth. I had him six. This was a tricky one for me, Sean, because yeah, I, I've been down on Aaron. You know, I've never been too high on Aaron Jones, and but mm-hmm. um, now it's time for me to give him some praise. This was tricky 
considering the Aaron Rodgers saga and situation. But even even because even with Rodgers, man, I mean, I I think Rodgers and Green Bay is going to get it worked out. But Aaron Jones ADP is ten. Honestly, Mike, not not to we spent enough time on it, but Aaron Jones is getting taken ahead of Ezekiel Elliott. We're really doing this. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I mean, come on. Anyway, 1,104 rushing yards last year, nine rushing touchdowns, 47 receptions from your boy Aaron Rodgers for 355 yards and two touchdowns. Honestly, I don't mean any disrespect to Kamara when I say this, but he is a poor man's Alvin Kamara in the sense where they're very similar in what they do, just Kamara does it better, arguably a lot better than Aaron Jones. I just think he needs more respect. And believe it or not, Mike, I think he's one of the safest picks in the top 10 of running backs. How do you feel? Ah, I don't think I, I wouldn't say safe, man, for Aaron Jones. And it's just because we're going to see now, say if Aaron Rodgers isn't back in Green Bay, which I don't I don't think he's going to be, but that's for a whole nother podcast to yeah, talk we got, about. We got all season for that. Yes, yes. Um, so say Aaron Rodgers isn't there. Who's the quarterback? Um, uh, Love? What Love. the hell is his name? Uh, Brandon yeah. Love or whatever, yeah. Yes. I mean, again, we might have another situation like uh, a Cowboys with Andy Dalton and Tony Gabagool you know, we're stacking the box again. I mean, I know you have Devontae Adams out there and, you know, Love was a first-round pick, but still, this is going to put a little bit more pressure on Aaron Jones. It could, but at the same time, it could increase his volume. So, um, with that said, speaking about increasing volume, no Jamal Williams in the backfield now. I'm a huge Jamal Williams love, fan. Love uh, Williams, he's now in Detroit. Mm-hmm. I, I, re, I, I wish our Jets picked him up, honestly. I know, seriously. Um, but, but whatever. And now you have the great A.J. Dillon as the backup. You know, people I like were Dillon. Fucking, people were beating off to him last year. Yeah, I like him too. But to, me, like to me, I don't think he's Jamal Williams. I think that's going to bring up um, Aaron Jones' usage. Listen, this guy, Jones, was a top five running back the last two seasons. Good pass catcher. Uh, scores a lot of touchdowns, obviously. Uh, I, I like Aaron Jones. I'm not going to go as far as to say he's a, one of the safest picks, but he has high, high upside. In the last two years, Jones has had over 2,200 yards and 30 touchdowns even in the last two years. I mean, it does. granted, in 2019 he had uh, – 19 total touchdowns and last year he had 11 but I mean this guy I just feel like he's a safe guy I I know Aaron Rodgers plays a big role in it because the defenses have to um anticipate him hurling it down the field to Devontae Adams but I I don't I think what we saw last year from Aaron Jones is definitely like his his floor i really do i i think that's kind of as worse as it gets for him i mean he's still a young guy too this is going to be his fifth year in the league um yeah he's he's 20 he's going into 26 so he's just like zeke um but who did we have i have jonathan taylor seventh where did you have him i have jonathan taylor 10th and i almost don't want him there but so you wanted him out of the top 10 you think yeah, possibly. I do think so. Last year, he had, I can't even read my own handwriting. Um, he had 11 touchdowns. He had, oh, okay. That's what it was. He played 15 games, 
He had 1,100 yards, just over that, 11 touchdowns, 36 receptions for 299 yards. I do think we are getting caught up, or the, the industry as a whole is getting caught up in Jonathan Taylor's second half of the season because yeah. when um, Mac went down, who I was a big fan of, when he went down, it was going to be Jonathan Taylor season. Oh, my God, everybody's fucking busting their loads to Jonathan Taylor. And, you know, it doesn't – it didn't really work out until they faced a little bit of tougher or a little bit of easier defenses. The offensive line got healthy, and he just went off. Now, his ADP is five. I think that's too high for that's him. Right. I really do. That's uh, risky business, man, for me. <laughs> um, yeah, you said, I mean, it was crazy with Jonathan Taylor last year. You know, I, I can't remember exactly where he went in drafts, but he was going very high. Um, you know, um, I, I, not very high, but I want to say around the third round. Third round. The second, for a, third round. For a rookie when it, it, in a two-week period, he went from like an eighth-round pick to a third-round pick. He really did. Yeah, and, you know, he started off pretty well, and then he was at the point of – being dropped in several leagues. He was dropped in several leagues. And then the reemergence of him is second half. And everyone keeps talking about because of the strength of the schedule. And I'm going to give Jonathan Taylor, um, you know, a little respect right here. And uh, I want to talk about the strength of schedule um, and people saying he was only good because of the strength of the schedule. Go fuck yourselves. Because you can make that argument about any fucking running back they uh, in the league. Derrick Henry in the middle of the season, his strength of schedule is easier, and he dominated then. So I, I don't really – that argument, the strength of schedule at the end of the season, he had one of the easiest schedules. Like That doesn't make him a, a shitty running back because he took advantage of bad defenses. Yeah. What I like uh, uh, real quick, what I like about Jonathan Taylor though, uh, I mean, uh, I, I'm not the, I'm not the craziest Jonathan Taylor fan because he's not, he's not like the flashiest uh rusher out there. Nope. But he's going to get volume. He plays behind a great offensive line and uh I just feel like the coaches are putting him in a place to succeed as um, you know, um a top caliber running back. So that's that's how I got to him as being the top 10 guy. Yeah, for me it's just Honestly, I think he definitely has the potential. I think it's risky. Would I draft him? I have him ahead of Aaron Jones because I think his ceiling is ahead of Aaron Jones's, um, as well as Antonio Gibson. Would I? Would I take Jonathan Taylor over Aaron Jones? For me personally, no. I would probably go Aaron Jones, but I do think Jonathan Taylor has big upside. I think that line is, it's almost underrated with how good it is and everybody jerks it off. It's going to be really good. I think they're going to be better with Carson Wentz. I think they're going to fix him this year. I like the Colts a lot this year. Um, you know, so we'll see, but where did you have Saquon? I had, yeah, this is, we need to talk about Saquon. I had Saquon ninth and you had Saquon uh, 10th. 10th, but if I could have him not even on this list, I would, but yeah, and it just, you know, it's kind of sad at the same time because, you know, obviously I hate the Giants, but I am a big Saquon fan. He hit the scene, um, you know, as a rookie and dominated the fantasy industry. Um, and he's just like a likable guy, too. Mm-hmm. But it's just, you know, the downfall with him with these injuries, you know, injuries take a toll. And 
the reports about him, how they're going to ease him back into his role. Oh, and, that's cute. Guys, listen, how many games has he played in two years? Like he none. 15. Like, in the last two years? 15 games, yeah. So, you know, it's a longer season this year. Um, the Giants suck. Uh, they yes, and they've a- they added a ton of depth at the running back position. And I, you know, these aren't big name guys in Devontae Booker and you know Ryquel Armstead and Corey Clement, but these are well known guys who you know are backups in the league. And I feel like they added a lot of these guys because they do not want to push their quote unquote franchise. A hundred percent. And I like Saquon Barkley. I liked him a lot at Penn State. I think he's a good guy. Blah, 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 fucking blah. Okay. We live in New York. It's Grand Central Fantasy. uh, Fantasy sports with a New York twist. My point is, I hear fucking Giants fans and Saquon Barkley fans all the time giving me excuse after excuse after excuse. First of all, his average draft position is six. Okay. Give me a fucking break with that. You have to be kidding me that he's six and Ezekiel Elliott is 11. Like we just said, Mike, he's played 15 games the last two years. 13 of those games were in 2019. Okay. They have right now, because it changes, but right now before the season, they have the third, he has the 31st hardest schedule for running yeah. backs okay you're right the giants yeah. are not going to be a good team daniel jones is fucking garbage okay he's gonna be another new york quarterback shipped out of here by the end of the year and the excuse in 2019 was oh well he was hurt he was banged up and he put up decent numbers in 2019 they just weren't like his rookie campaign and people mm-hmm. took him first overall and they expected that this is going to be a repeat guys do not draft Saquon Barkley. Please do not do it. If he falls to you in the late second, early third round, you have to take him because, listen, as much as I am a hater, he does have upside. But it's clear this guy is in, in injury prone, okay? He's got two fucking steroided out hams on his legs that he calls thighs. And this guy, is he his body is just not built to be a reliable starting running back in this league. And I don't know why this industry just keeps pushing him up. To I saw all day today, I was looking it up, doing research for podcasts. Top five list, top three. Oh, Saquon, Saquon's back. I mean, you know he's going to get hurt, Mike, right? I mean, there's a good chance he's had some serious injuries the last couple of years. And that's what... That's what worries me about him, man. I, I he he's such a fun player to watch. And Sean, if we were talking that you know Saquon Barkley, we knew was going to be healthy, which you know you could play his game with anyone. You could argue that Saquon would be the top overall pick or top two pick with, with you know uh, what we saw from his rookie campaign, even even the second year. You know, I think he had fifty something catches and. Um, you know, he still scored all his touchdowns and whatnot, but there is just so much risk involved in Saquon. Um, and it, it's scary to me that people are taking him that early. A lot of our followers, I feel like, because we have a lot of diehards, but we also have a lot of casual guys out there that rely on us to kind of get them through the year. 
I feel like a lot of people are going to be sucked in by the hype of Saquon. And I, I think it's a mistake. It's going to be a disaster. Please do not draft him. Please do not do it. I'm telling you. Um, and real quick, Mike, I just wanted to touch on, do you have, uh, Antonio Gibson coming up in your next five? I do. So we could touch on him, um, in a minute. Okay. I also, um, we, let's not forget cause you made a little, uh, you know, pissy moan noise when I said Austin Eckler seventh. I'm, I was um, just surprised you had him that high. Yep. Um, so, I mean, we could talk about him. We could talk about Gibson, whoever you want, man. So let's do Gibson because I don't have too much. Yeah, I I have Gibson 11, so let's, yeah, let's go. Yeah, and I him. have him 9. I don't have too much to say on Gibson except I like his stock going into the second year. His ADP is 23. Last year he had 795 rushing yards, which is a little low, but he had 11 touchdowns. Uh, he caught 36 balls for 247 yards. His average yards per carry was 4.7. I think he is just like a stock you buy kind of low. And then over the next couple weeks after you buy it, it shoots right fucking up. Like I'm talking like AMC. I'm talking GameStop type shit. I think this is the last year you're going to be able to get Antonio Gibson in that ADP 23 range. I think the offense is better. Our boys, everybody, all those young talent is just a year older, a year more experience. We got Fitzmagic coming in with my guy, uh, Terry McLaurin, Scary Terry. I just feel like this is going to be a really huge year for Antonio Gibson. And he has a pretty easy schedule to boot with that. So how, how are you feeling about Antonio? Yeah, that, um, I kind of wanted to put him 10th in front of Jonathan Taylor, but I yeah. gave Taylor the benefit of the doubt. Um, listen, real quick. Fitzpatrick there is going to be way better than Alex Smith. Um, I feel like Fitzpatrick uh, is going to open up the field more. He has more arm strength. They have better receivers now with um, Curtis Samuel signing over there, which I like him a lot. Um, He's a playmaker too. Uh, It's on record now with Washington coaches saying that, you know, Gibson, he caught 36 catches, but they're saying that he's going to take a way bigger role this next season in the aerial attack. Oh my God. God, my freaking nipples are so hard when they talk like that. <laughs> and then, ap- but a- and after all, Sean, this guy he he was a wide receiver in college. At, I know uh, Memphis. It's crazy. Um, so the guy's got hands. Um, and I'm fucking excited. You you hit it, man. His average draft position this year, it's I, I feel like it's never going to be that good. Take advantage of the value. I I love Antonio Gibson. If he Very excited. if he stays healthy, he's your diamond in the rough. A hundred percent. He he's the sleeper. Of the year, in my opinion. So, Mike, all right, let's get, let's, uh, we're right in the middle of the order here. So let's go from 11 to 15. You want me to go or are you good? Uh, I'll go. Um, I got, uh, so Antonio Gibson, number 11. Number 12, I have the great, my guy, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Jesus Christ. Number 13, I have Cam Akers. Okay. Number 14, I have Joe Mixon. And number 15, I have J.K. Dobbins. Honestly, bro, I, I went to just boo you, but I deleted the sound off that. I hate that. I got to say right now, I hate that. Let, let me give you mine, which I just flipped around on, um, which I just flipped around right now. Number 11, I got Austin Eckler. 
Number two, or excuse me, number 12, I got Josh Jacobs. Number 13, I got Cam Akers. Number 14, I have David Montgomery. And number 15, I have my fucking boy. This guy is going to reinvent running backs in the NFL. Najee Harris of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Not impressed. Not impressed, to say the least. Listen, let's go with Austin Eckler before we get into the mud here. I I love Eckler. I'm just a little worried about the injury concerns, and he's another year older. He was number seven for you, so why don't why don't you lead off there? Um, God, I love Austin Eckler, dude. And I don't really, I mean, last year, yes, he was injured. He had a, you know, he missed a lot of the season, but I can't really speak to calling him injury prone. I I don't really know exactly his, I can't recall his injury history being that terrible so far in his career, but it just, to me, it's just crazy. The numbers that Eckler puts up and what he's putting up while never even given, given like a heavy workload as a rusher last year was supposed to be like the year that he really took off with no Melvin Gordon there. This is Austin Eckler's team. You know, his, uh, his carries were starting to go up uh, before that, and he was going to take over. And that, you know, came to a screeching halt, obviously, because of the injury. But despite all that, Sean, I am so high in him, and there are so many, so many reasons why. And one of them is their new coach, yeah. the Chargers offensive um, coordinator, Lombardi. Um, he was with the Saints from 2016 to 2020, okay? Mm-hmm. And if my memory serves me correctly, he did pretty well with a running back named Alvin Kamara. Have you heard of him? I have actually, yeah, believe it or not. Okay. So Austin Eckler already, um, you know, many people don't realize from week 11 on, because he came back, he finished as a top six running back in PPR. That's the type of guy you can get in Austin Eckler um, when you're drafting him. It, you know, obviously, if he's healthy, you could say that about anybody. But between his pass catching abilities, you know, how many times he's ta- he gets targeted, he's in a great offense uh, with Justin Herbert's, you know, just getting started. There's great receivers around him. There's going to be a lot of, you know, there's not going to be a lot of pressure on him. He's got the coaching around him to succeed. I am all in on Austin Eckler. Two years in a row, this is the last time. Put up or shut up. I like Eckler a lot, too. That's why I had him 11, just outside the top 10. And I flipped that around. I, I was doing a lot of shuffling. I My thing is, I, I think he, he went from, and he was injured a little bit last year, but he's I think he's had a little bit of injuries each season, um, but nothing mm-hmm. too major. He only had 500 rush, rushing yards last year, and the year before, we thought 900 was low for him. Um, so I think in PPR... He's definitely a slam dunk. He's definitely a top 15 guy. Like you said, he has the potential to be even higher than that. But, you know, honestly, uh, I would, if if we're not in PPR, which you, like you said, you should be playing PPR, um, I would kind of temper expectations a little bit, but I do think they're going to be better. I do think um, they're going to utilize him a lot more because frankly, Anthony Lynn, I was ready to fucking drive down to LA and uh, take Anthony Anthony Lynn with me and drop him off wherever he wanted, as long as it wasn't the Chargers facility, because it was just a disaster. If you were a 
Austin Eckler owner last year, it it was a it was a disaster. We had such high yeah, hope for him. We were pumping mm-hmm. him up like crazy. Yeah, he got hurt, but they also man, it it was just a mess. It, Herbert was slinging it down the field, trying to make stuff happen when they should have just been dumping it off to Eckler. Um, who do we want to talk about next? Because I you you laughed a little bit when I put Josh Jacobs so high, and I'm surprised at that. I thought you'd have him a little high. I no, I really don't. And honestly, we could talk about him, but I'm going to have to flip back to close to one of my last sheets here. Really? That bad, huh? Yeah. I mean, we let's touch on him. Talk, why do you why are you so in love with Josh Jacobs? What is Josh Jacobs doing to you to get you so excited so, to make him a top 12 running back, which makes him a running back one in your eyes? So to me, I think they're just going to he's still young. It was only his second year last year. I think they're going to mm-hmm. continue to build off of him. He had even more um, carries than he did in his rookie year. Mm-hmm. To me, at ADP 25, I think he is a safe pick at running back. I think he has room to grow. I think he's another guy where we see a lot of, like, what we saw last year was probably his floor, maybe a little higher than that. But he had 1,065 rushing yards and 12 touchdowns for a guy that – you know, everybody's kind of giving up on already. I know that he has, he's not that effective in the passing game. I know they tried to give him the ball more. You see reports a little bit now that, um, you know, they're, they want to pass him the ball even more this year, blah, blah, blah. But for me, I just feel like I have written down here. Like, I think he's like a mini Nick Chubb. I think the sky's the limit for him. And I, I think that even though he's not the biggest threat in PPR. I think he's going to find the touchdown, the red zone more. I think he's going to find the end zone a lot more this year. Uh, yeah, you better hope so because he did a horrible job finding the end zone. I feel like it's uh, in it, three yards or closer scoring wise. He only scored five of 16 tries. And for a guy of his stature, he should be doing way better than that. He's we were lied to last year. We were lied to last year by the coaching staff of the Raiders, John Gruden, um, that ugly looking motherfucker um, who runs the team. I forget his name. The, um, yes. We were lied to last year saying that Josh Jacobs was going to be involved heavily, a lot more heavily in the passing game. We talked about it in our rankings last year. I bought into it. I was lied to. I don't like being lied to, Sean. I don't fall for those type of lies a second time. So that really fucking stuck in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the Raiders brought in a running back who I know you fucking hate. Oh, I'm not worried about it at all. I am worried about it. I'm worried about Kenyon Drake. I'll say, I'll stand up and say for the people who are scared to say it in the back because Kenyon Drake is the perfect third down running back. Um, especially when you have a, the type of running back that Josh Jacobs is, that's going to take him off the field. In my opinion, I, I still think you're, you're going to get a lot of carries with Josh Jacobs. I think he's going to still get around. Uh, he's going to get like North of 15 carries a game, yeah. but I don't think we're going to be, uh, I don't think it's going to be the same amount of carries that we're um, accustomed to seeing Josh Jacobs get. I'm very, very worried with them. I have them. Um, you know, I'll talk about it a little later on. I have him as a run low end running back too. Okay. Because, you call him safe, I, I I call him boring. He's definitely boring, but that's why he's safe. Boring. That's why he's safe to me, though, because it's just you like call, you call him mini Nick Chubb. I call him mini um, nice. fuck Maurice Claret. Maurice Claret, Jesus Christ, isn't he dead? 
<laughs> I think he's uh, speaking to inmates in jail about uh, his recovery. Honestly, so, if I just... had to bet, I'm pretty sure Maurice Clara is dead, but we will look that <laughs> up as we go on. We said enough about Jacobs, I think. Uh, yeah, you know, we're, we just definitely disagree here. Can we fucking talk? Where, where the fuck do you have Joe Mixon and where do you get off putting him in the top 15? I have Joe Mixon at 14, and quite frankly, <laughs> a lot of people are very, very high on Joe Mixon. Yeah. So I'm su- I'm surprised. Like I put him at 14th, and I, you know, I was getting ready, you know, for you to shit on me for putting him that low. Because, wow. dude, there there are people so high on Joe Mixon. They're riding the fucking hype train right yeah, now, all right. and it's like, uh, dude, you guys fell for that trap so many times, and and I don't want to. I don't want to say that Joe Mixon's a bad running back from uh, the way I'm speaking about him right now. Joe Mac, Joe Mixon's a good running back. He's just um, not a running back one. He's not a running back one. He'll never be that type of RB1 for anyone. Um, he, he's just not. He plays in an offense that's like destined to throw the ball. We know with Joe Burrow and the yep. endless talented wide receivers they have over there. Um I just feel like Cincinnati's set up to be more of a passing team. Mixon's definitely going to get his fair share there. He doesn't really have much, um, um, you know, talent behind him for the running back position. So that vo- that volume is going to be there for him in that sense. He's to me, he's like you were saying safe. He's kind of safe to me as like your running back too. He's not yep. flashy. He's not flashy by all means, but he's going to put you up some decent numbers. Um, so. I'm very interested to see where you have him later. His, you really do not like him at his all. His ADP huh? is 18. I have him even I have him even too high for me. I just put him in there because like I said, he does have when I hate guys, it's cuz I won't draft them. I understand that these guys have high ceilings. They have a, have pretty big potential. That's what makes him be in the top 20 overall f- of fantasy players. I get the Joe Mixon hype. I was one who bought into the Joe Mixon hype for the past, basically his entire career. I was oh, a, so you're salty. A hundred percent. I was okay. a little, I was a little hesitant because when he came out of college, fresh off of knocking out a woman in the bar, um, cold, and he got drafted third round at the Bengals. All the fantasy <laughs> experts, you know, quote unquote, oh. He was the first one. He was Charles, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire before Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, you know. They were taking him early. Um, people were saying, oh, he could do a PPR god, blah, blah, blah. And it's like he – I saw a stat. He He's actually played more games than Dalvin Cook Yeah, since they've yep. been in the league. But he gets labeled as the injury-prone guy. And it's funny because to me it's not about his injuries. It's just the fact that he doesn't produce – in relation to his ADP, he will not yes. be the, in the top 18 of fantasy players this year. It, it's just not going to happen. I don't care what anybody fucking says. Okay. He's, he's going to be the running back 35 and everybody's be like, Oh, well it's because of this. And you know, Joe Burrow's still young and Oh, well he couldn't get the ball to the line sucks. And there's going to be tons of excuses like there always is. And then next year he's going to be in the top 10 or 15 again. And you're right. Everybody's going crazy for him. It's the trendy, sexy pick this year. I really do not is. understand. I get it. Zach Taylor's offense can be potent, but I mean, he played six games last year. He got hurt again. 
And I mean, I've had him for full healthy seasons where I was benching him for guys. So I mean, yes, because uh, let me let me cut you off real quick, Sean. Of course, I put him on. I put him fourteenth, but just to go back, two thousand eighteen, he finished as a running back ten. Two thousand nineteen, he finished as running back thirteen. Last year, he missed a lot of time, but in PPR uh, points per game, he finished as a running back ten. So there, there is you know some type of upside with him, but I to me, I just feel like he's always getting drafted above you know his uh, actual that's um position that's my whole so, beef with him really those so years I, I, that's why i have him as 14th i have him as like a, a high-end running back too if i have joe mixon as uh my rb1 in my fantasy leagues i'll just grab this white flag over here and start waving around and surrender because it's fucking over joe mixon's not a running back one and but that's, that's, that's what it. that's what he's been packaged as and sold to people for a long yes. time now you know what I'm saying? And that's my thing. He's a good guy. Everything, you know, I see, blah, blah, blah. Honestly, actually, no. Everything I see doesn't seem like a good, good guy. He knocked out that lady he's not, in college. Yeah. And I get, you know, she said a racial he's a, he's a bangle. So. She, and he's a bangle, yeah. Uh, apparently, she said a racial slur or something like that. But, I mean, come on, bro. What, what are you doing? That, that bitch still doesn't even know where she is. And it's been six years since she got yeah. knocked out. But let's talk real quick about a we guy. Got- we gotta talk. We gotta talk about Cam Akers. I was we just. I was spot. just gonna say about a guy I wanna put higher, and I actually. Another hot topic. I actually had him. Full disclosure, I had Cam Akers at eleven when I first started, but then I slid him down a little bit, um, only because of Austin Eckler with the PPR threat. You have Akers eleven overall. Where'd you have him? I have Akers thirteenth. Thirteenth. We have him in the same same spot. spot. Yep. I so. Let me know if you agree with this. I fucking love Cam Akers this year. I think he's going to be a beast. Um, his ADP is 16. I think it's appropriate. He's not a PPR guy, but his volume is going to be crazy. I am begging people not to buy into this narrative. Everybody is crowning the LA Rams as the next fucking NFC champ, or excuse me, the team to be the chief rival of Tampa Bay because everybody's crowning Tampa Bay already. You got Mike over here um, riding the Tom Brady bandwagon. I mean, he's counting Brady's like eighth ring already. I think he's going to kiss Brady's son before Brady gets home tonight. So, I mean, that's a whole other topic, Mike. But everybody is crowning the Rams already. I've been reading shit where they're like, whoa, well, you know, with Akers, you know, they got to arrest him for the playoffs and, and, they're, they're going to really uh, watch his his volume. It's not going to be like last year. Don't get your hopes up. I got news for you. If they don't run acres like they did last year towards the stretch, especially, down the stretch especially, there's not going to be a big playoff run for them. I mean, he's going to be a big part of the offense. I think at ADP 16, if you somehow get Cam Akers and Christian McCaffrey – like if if you swing back in the second round and, and get him, if you're lucky enough to do that, because I think his ADP is going to drop a little bit. Um, I got to tell you, man, I mean, if, if you pair Cam Akers with any of those top five running backs, I love it. How do you feel about him? I, I think he could really break out this year. I think so, too. I think a lot of the um, hesitation with Cam Akers and people who are kind of pushing him off, uh, a lot of them bring up Henderson, Darrell Henderson, who, you know, two years ago was a big dud. And last year he was at, you know, pretty decent running back. And 
I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I know he had a lot of carries, his yards. They were, I get, they, they were somewhat close to Cam Akers. But when it mattered down the stretch, right, Cam Akers was the one who was handed the ball. Final six games of the season, including the playoffs, Cam Akers averaged 22 attempts, 93 rushing yards. That says it all right there. They're, they're putting their trust in Cam Akers as a running back. Let's also not forget Malcolm Brown, a Ram who was always, you know, butting in there and he'd get a random three touchdown game or a random 15 plus carry game. He's gone. He's with uh, Miami, I believe now. Okay. We don't have to worry about that. I also want to talk about, you said he's not a big PPR guy. I think he can be a big PPR guy. He was known in college as a uh, very good pass catcher, and his coach McFay on record said he needs more out of the passing game from Akers. He's expe- he's expecting more out of the passing game from Akers. I said it probably on about 28 podcasts so far. Sean McFay plays to his players' abilities. He sets up his, his coaching book to his players' abilities to try to get the best out of them. I understand there's some risk with him. Um, you know, with, I know Henderson's going to get some type of workload, but Cam Akers is the guy. And like you said, running back two. if I can have him as my running back two, he has the potential to pay off as a top 10 guy. So I think Cam Akers, you know, if you can get him as your second running back, it's a no brainer. There's a lot of sleepers out there, man. Like Cam Akers is a bit, is a guy I like a lot, um, to really shoot up there along with Antonio Gibson. I think these are guys we're talking about. Next year, I think they might take the place of guys like Jonathan Taylor or if um, or definitely Saquon Barkley or if, uh, you know, the bottom does fall out of Derrick Henry, like people have been speculating for a long time now, you know, maybe maybe we do see that. Um, but, you know, I love Akers. I'm glad we're in agreement on that because he's a guy I'm going to be pushing a lot this year. Um, real quick, I wanted to touch on David Montgomery, who I have high. Is he is he too far off of the top 15 for you? Um, kind of, I mean, okay. and not, not terrible. I do like David Montgomery. I'll touch on him real quick. Cause I want to hear why you have him 14th. Sure. Um, I, I just, I, I'm a little, I'm a little worried because Tariq Cohen, mm-hmm. we all know Tariq Cohen's a huge pass catcher. He got hurt for the, you know, the whole season. I feel like, um, you know, Cohen's going to come back and steal some of those targets from him. Montgomery showed he's, a, you know, a viable uh, starting running back for the Bears last year. He really fucking stepped it up. Uh, you know, he took advantage of a good situation. He worked his ass off. Um, and I, I think he was like a, what was he, like a the sixth, seventh, eighth running back in fantasy? Maybe even better. I can't think off the top of my head. I think he, he might have finished. He might It might have been better than that. I can't remember. I, I know think, he killed yeah. it at the end of the year. He finished and like that, top Once seven. again. Yeah, once again, people talk about the strength of schedule. You know, he took advantage of the situation. He busted his ass, and the, you know the numbers showed. I have I have David Montgomery at at twenty, uh, a little That's farther fair, down. Though, yeah, I, I feel like it's fair, and I and I could see how you justify having Montgomery fourteenth. So you know, I can meet you in the middle there. But um, I do like Montgomery. I'm just a little worried because Tariq Cohen's a PPR monster, um, and I feel like he's going to steal some of those targets. Um, uh, he. Um, Montgomery was averaging 4.9 targets per game, I believe, without Montgomery and with Montgomery, um, uh, and, and with Tariq Cohen playing, Montgomery was only averaging two. I don't know if I butchered that, but you probably got the gist. No, I get it. I mean, th- that's everybody. That's what everybody's saying is, you know, oh, once Cohen went down, Montgomery took off. 
that yeah. might have showed the coaching staff, who is disaster, Matt Nagy, but still, that might have showed that, hey, maybe we got something a little more here with Montgomery than we previously thought. I like Montgomery a lot, mainly because of his ADP. So his ADP is 37, right? A lot of these guys we're talking about aren't even in that area. We're st- we still got guys in the low 20s, even the teens we're talking about here, right? Last year, mm-hmm. he had 1,065 rushing yards and 12 touchdowns. Or no, excuse me, that, that was wrong. He had 1,070 rushing yards in 15 games with eight touchdowns. And he had 54 receptions for 438 yards and two touchdowns. Sure, Mike, let's say we reduce those um, receiving numbers a little bit here, right? I I think the rushing numbers may be the same. They might even um, grow a little bit more. But here's my big thing here. It's his third season. I think he's going to build off last year. But this is my thing. Everybody loves Jonathan Taylor. Absolutely loves Jonathan Taylor going into this year, right? but people are still shitting on David Montgomery. To me, there's not really a big difference in how they discovered their success last year. There's the the person that was in the backfield with them got hurt, and then they hit a really easy part of the schedule, and they both capitalized and showed how good they can be. Why why is no Montgomery not getting love, but Taylor's getting all the fucking love in the world and they're only one year apart? I I a hundred percent agree with you, Sean. I that's what I'm saying. Uh, uh that's what I was saying earlier. That's why I don't have Taylor as high as some of the people too. Um but like if you're gonna give Jonathan Taylor all all, all this love and praise, you got I mean, you gotta give Montgomery the same shit. Exactly, man. And I mean, we'll see how it goes. They got the new quarterback. Um, in there too from Ohio State. He's going to end up taking over. His name escapes me right now. But do you want – what do you want to do here? Because you have Clyde Edwards in your top 15. I have Najee Harris. Do you have Najee Harris in your next five or no? Yeah, I have my next five. Um, so Do you want to do yeah. the next five? Because I have Clyde in there too. Yeah, I'll do my next five because also we also have to talk about J.K. Dobbins. Well, we'll he's, get, he's we'll, coming We'll up. get – yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh, number, what are we on? 16, right? Yep. 16. I got Chris Carson. Okay. Number, number 17. I have Deandre Swift. Nice. Number 18. I have Najee Harris. Okay. Number 19. You probably won't agree with, I don't give a fuck. You know, I love him. Mike Davis. Okay. And number 20. I had David Montgomery. Okay. So I have 16, J.K. Dobbins, 17, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 18, Joe Mixon, trash, gross, um, 19, DeAndre Swift, and 20, Chris Carson, and a little bit of preview because I don't want you to think I'm hating. 21, I have Mike Davis. So we're not too far off on Mike Davis. I, I do like him too. But so Clyde Edwards, I'll give you an opportunity to apologize to the people, and then you can break down why you have him rank too high again this year i'll never apologize because i was um i was um uh what's the words i'm trying to find right now <laughs> i have written down here make mike apologize so i mean when i apologize right. to people even the greats get some wrong sometimes yeah my apologize my apologies. My apologize. Uh, uh, yes. fuck off no uh so dude listen 
Clyde Edwards Hilaire was set up in the perfect situation, the perfect system, the perfect quarterback. Everything was laid out for him. Obviously, things didn't go as planned, but let's take a little dive into some of uh, his numbers last year and whatnot. Some of the positives. Positives. Okay. Never fumbled the ball. Uh, Right? Yeah. Okay. Another positive. Through the first six weeks of the season, he was the number 11 running back, Sean. I even have written down here, if you give him one more touchdown in that span, he would have been running back six. Whatever. It's only a third of the season. No big deal. Le'Veon Bell steps in to the Chiefs. Life's a gamble, right? Sure is. He, uh, as soon as Le'Veon Bell came in, it kind of fucking altered his workload, and Clyde Edwards kind of disappeared and was never the same running back, um, you know, that we all thought he was going to be. Bell's gone. Yeah. The only other running back that they got over there is Damian Williams. Damian Williams fucking sucks. So if anyone's really scared of Damian Williams, like I've had this argument so much. Yeah. If anyone's scared of him, it's it's just insane because he was he's soft. He's scared of COVID. Whatever, COVID's fake. Anyway, <laughs> Clyde Edwards Hilaire um, is still in the best offense in football. I had a list of all the running backs that played for Andy Reid over the years, mm-hmm. and it's just like. And they're just like guys who really have not got it. Some of them are top tier guys like Jamal Charles. Other ones are Spencer Ware guys that really never made a career anywhere else because Andy Reid puts these running backs in situations to fucking succeed. So that's why I still have Clyde Edwards Hilaire um, 12th. I have him as a high end running back too, with upside of being, uh, you know, uh, I guess a mid range, low end running back one. Yeah, he really wasn't as bad as people want to um, put him out there to be. He just wasn't flashy and didn't have, you know, these huge numbers that were expected of him. All right. Well, take a break. You you have him 17th right now. Yes. So take a, you're not that far away from me. Take a break. Take a break. Uh, drink some water or something real quick because am, your, your new name is uh, Stretch Armstrong because you're fucking reaching for no. statistics and things. What What was he the first six weeks of the season? What running back was he? Running back 11. Jesus Christ. Good thing everybody drafted him in the top fucking five. So he could be. Yeah, as a rookie running back, he was running back 11. Yes. Listen. His first six games in the NFL, he was running back 11. And I said if he had one more touchdown, he would have been running back six. Clyde Edwards is 17 for me. And he, I feel like that was high for all the reasons you said in the sense that it's Andy Reid's offense. He does have a lot of potential. Exactly. I think he could be. I think he's at best a high end flex play, maybe RB2. But here's my thing J.K. Dobbins, who I have 16, and you had 15, right? Yeah. So in 134 attempts for J.K. Dobbins last year, he had 805 yards and nine touchdowns, right? In 181 attempts, almost 50 more attempts, Clyde Edwards Hilaire had. 803 yards and only four touchdowns. So he had two less yards than um, Dobbins, which is a wash, but five less touchdowns. And Dobbins had way more competition in the backfield. To me, with with Gus Bus and Mark Ingram, to me, Mark Ingram, please. I feel like Dobbins is a guy I absolutely love. I'm surprised because you you were on J.K. Dobbins out of the draft. I'm surprised you have... Edwards 
Hilaire ahead of Dobbins. I really am. I'm not even trying to like bust balls because I I thought you would have Dobbins I, a lot higher oh, no. this year. I love J.K. Dobbins, um, and I you know I have him pretty close. I wanted to put Dobbins higher, but I mean you know um, just a couple off. But Sean, when Clyde Edwards Clyde Edwards Hilaire um, averaged 42 fewer yards rushing when Bell was on the field. Like it, it was a total difference when Le'Veon Bell got there. I felt like that kind of took away from, um, you know, him getting into a rhythm. I know the touch. I don't think the touchdowns will ever be that high for Clyde Edwards Hilaire, mm-hmm. considering the offense he plays in with Patrick Mahomes, you know, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is never going to be the top option on the team. When you have guys like Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey there, that's fine. But Clyde Edwards Hilaire is the top running back on the best offense, um, a best offensive team in the world, right? You and I agree that the Chiefs are the best offensive team. Of course. And he's also a very good pass catcher, which which he was in college. And Andy Reid has utilized time and time again his running backs to be big-time pass catchers. LaShawn McCoy, Spencer Ware, Kareem Hunt, uh, the list goes on. So that's why I know, I, I guess maybe when I put him at 12th, you're drafting him at his, um, I don't know, his ceiling. I don't, I don't know. I mean, but. his his ADP is 32, and I think I think the playbook's out on him a little bit. I, I think people are high on him again a little bit because I think that there's only there's nowhere to go but up, really. And I do, a part of me does think that he has that, like, ceiling to, I think, if everything goes right and he outperforms expectations like crazy, I still think uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is, a, at best case scenario, a low-end RB1. Best case. Yeah, I, I agree. Okay. Well, yeah, I agree. Running back, low-end running back one. Yes. But I, th- I think Dobbins could be – I think he could be a true uh, RB1. I think he could finish as like a like top seven maybe. I, I think he has that potential. I think he's got – He's going to have more volumes. I'm not afraid of Gus Edwards. I think they're going to really, really, in his second year, I think Dobbins is going to just take off this year. I really do. Um, I think so, too. And I don't want you, you're making it look like that. I don't like Dobbins. I love J.K. Dobbins. I rode that fucking bandwagon from the beginning. I just want I you told to respect the people him. last year. I told the people last year to draft J.K. Dobbins because by the halfway point, it's going to be J.K. Dobbins team. Okay. Did I not say that? You did. Mikey fucking Rock said that. Put some respect on my goddamn name, okay? J.K. Dobbins was extremely efficient, um, and there he's on the probably the best Russian attack in the NFL. The only problem is, put some respect on Gus, Gus the Bus Edwards' name, too. Bus bus. He's been very efficient for the Ravens the last two years. And also, there's a guy named Lamar Jackson who's going to fucking go off for well over 1,000 yards as well. Uh, breaking news, Maurice Claret, not dead. Um, I don't know why I thought he was dead, but he is not dead. Um, where did you have Chris Carson? I have Chris Carson 16th. Okay. I had him 20th real quick. Cause we should pick it up here. Um, yeah. his ADP is 35, 12 games, 681 yards, five rushing touchdowns. Then he had 37 catches, 287 yards. Four touch, four receiving touchdowns, so nine total. And he had two games where he had two receiving touchdowns, and he was really big. I mean, I love him if he's healthy. I don't know how much more you can say about it. Carson finished as a top 24 running back in 20 of 27 games played. Um, 
That's 74% of the time while falling below 10 fantasy points in just three appearances, 11% of the time. That's great. He he is Mr. Safe. He is, you put him in running back too and, you know, have fun. Set it. He just got to stay. He just got to stay healthy. Yeah, set it. Forget it. Type of guy. And his ADP is a little high for him, I would say. But um, you know, if if he's there for you guys in like the third or fourth round, like late third, early fourth, go for it, guys. Just yes. just do yep. it. Um, Don't be scared. DeAndre Swift. You had him eighteen. I have him seventeenth. I have you down with him at nineteen. I, I yeah. I have him at nineteen. I love Swift. I did um, kind of temper my expectations a little bit and go back because I wanted to put him higher. Honestly, he's not getting any respect going into this year. He's on a lot of bus lists and for good reason to a certain extent, I do get it. You know, they have our guy Jamal Williams there, but I just think the Detroit coaching staff they're a mess still. I'll believe it when I see it, but I do think we're going to see a lot of Swift in the passing attack this year. He was injured last year, didn't really play a lot, didn't start, but he still had 46 receptions for 357 yards and two touchdowns, 521 rushing yards. I mean, the kid in 13 games had 10 touchdowns. How, how are you feeling? I'm not Swift is an interesting guy to me and it's not it's not on him it's just where he is in Detroit. Um I hate Detroit. They just they just can't have nice things I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Anthony Lynn he um he made comments about Jamal Williams also who we talked about who we both love. He made comments about him essentially playing as the primary back which is fucking insane. Um I, which when I you think about it. I don't get either, but w- that's pretty insane considering, you know, where we're, you know, where some people are drafting DeAndre Swift. I just have no faith in that organization. I have no faith um, in the offense. I have no faith in the, co- in the coach. In, Dan in Anthony Lynn. And yes, in Anthony yes, Lynn. Exactly. Um, and that's just why I have him. I have him in the like mid, mid running back to more, more low end running back two range, um, just because the situation he's in. He's a great pass catcher. I just fucking hate Detroit. Yeah, man, I, I get it, and I I like Swift. His ADP is a little high, but I think if you pop him in flex or even RB two in PPR, I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. Now, did you have uh, Harris? Yeah, we need to talk about him because that's a hot topic. I have him 18th. And I have you had him 15th. And that's fair. That's that's very fair for him. Mm-hmm. Um some people are hyping him up to the point that he's a top 10 running back, kind of getting you know, I, I think I seen on fantasy pros a lot of people had him like eighth or ninth, and that's kind of like the Clyde Edwards Hilaire category as last year. Yeah. Um why, why did you put Harris 15th? So all rookies are super risky, as we know, right? There is no legitimate person in the backfield with him that is, is on his level talent-wise and is really going to challenge him for the starting job, okay? I, I mean, I, that's not hyperbole. It's just a fact. Jalen yeah. Samuels isn't going to. Benny Snell isn't going to. None of these guys are really going to step up and be the guy in Pittsburgh. I have these projections for Harris, which I think are honestly fair, okay? 
I have him projected 950 rushing yards. I have 45 receptions, 550 yards uh, receiving because they're already talking about how they're really going to use him a lot in the passing game and 11 touchdowns total with receiving and rushing. His ADP is a little high for me for a rookie at 26, but I think he is what we thought Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was going to be last year in the sense that he really could finish as a top 10 quarterback if he stays healthy and they do what they say they're going to do, which is start him and incorporate him in the game plan early and often right from week one. Um, I get it. I just, I, I'm just not buying into it as much as you again, like Deandre Swift, uh, we were talking about, I, I hate the situation that he's in, in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Listen, you, you draft a running back that early. You're going to use him. He's the starting running back. And that's what makes me think he has some serious value is his volume. He's going to get, you know, majority of the carries there, but, the Steelers are horrible from a rushing standpoint. Their offensive line is horrible. They've gotten nothing out of their running backs for, uh, the last two years. I looked it up because I wanted to see how fucking bad they were last year. Yep. The Steelers were dead last in the rushing attack, averaging 84 yards per game. The next closest team was the fucking Texans, Sean. The Houston Texans. Jesus Christ. 3.6 yards per carry. The Steelers average last year. Now we're talking about James Conner. We're talking about some of these other guys in Pittsburgh. I th obviously, I think Najee Harris is better than them, but this is what we're working with. We're working with Big Ben, who's on the tail end of his career. Yep. Um, uh, and I, I just, this offense and Pittsburgh in general, the, it just seems like they're trending downward. I just don't like the situation there for Najee Harris at all. And I get that for sure, but I think he might be a guy that kind of transcends. People forget the Steelers were undefeated going into the Thanksgiving game. You know what I mean? And like, I know they're going to be a little worse this year, but that defense is still good. I know yes. Big Ben on his last legs, but I don't think it's going to be as bad as people are making it seem the downfall of the Steelers. Listen, I'll believe it when I see it. I, I really will. Um, but mm -hmm. I think he has a potential. I got another rookie in my top 30, but he's a guy that I think we really can see him take it to the next level as a rookie. And, and that's saying a lot because a lot of these guys really don't do it. Um, and especially PPR wise, he's very, he's a very talented passer. Um, the only better passer than him probably, or excuse me, uh, receiver. The only better receiver than him probably is Travis Etienne from Jacksonville. But speaking of him, I think we covered it. You want to do our final 10 because it's kind of a crapshoot and we'll pick and choose for the last couple of minutes. Sure. All right. And then uh, we got to talk about Mike Davis after. Well, yeah, I got but... him 21. So you want me to go? Uh, sure. Go ahead. All right. So 21, I got Mike Davis. 22, I got your boy, Miles Gaskin. 23, I got Miles Sanders. 24, I have Chase Edmonds. 25, I have Travis Etienne. 26, I have Kareem Hunt. 27, I have Javante Williams from Denver. This is where it gets messy, Mike. 28, I have James Robinson. 29, I have Ronald Jones. And 30, this one was tough for me, Mr. Irrelevant. I really don't think it matters. I have Damian Harris to round it out. Wow. Okay. 
What are you thinking? Right. Who do you got? Um, yeah, I'm gonna get it right here. I'm all fucking discombobulated. I know right it's now. a lot. Yeah, yeah. All right. So 21, I have Travis Etienne. Okay. Wow. 22, I have Miles Sanders. 23, I have your boy Josh Jacobs. Wow, disrespect. Uh, 24, I have Kareem Hunt. 25, Miles Gaskins. 26, this one's going to surprise you, Sean, but I have to do it. Uh, Trey Sermon. Okay. 27, I had to do it, bro. Uh, 27, Chase Edmonds. 28, Javante Williams. 29, Damian Harris. Okay. And 30, Ronald Jones. Nice. So I, I'm happy. We had a lot of similar ones there. Yes. And I'm, the I'm really happy you got uh, Javante Williams. And I'm surprised we're on the same page with Miles Sanders. But go ahead and talk about Mike Davis. Let me set you up real quick. He might be the biggest deal of the draft, Mike. His ADP is 75. <laughs> um, just talk about talk about Mike Davis because I know this is something you feel really passionate about. 642 yard, yards rushing last year, six touchdowns in 15 games rushing, 59 receptions for 337 yards and or excuse me, 373 yards and two touchdowns. So eight touchdowns total for a guy that was, you know, only the starter for about half the season. So talk to me about Mike Davis. I'm 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 taking the leap of faith, man. I'm all in on Mike Davis again. Um, he saved my life last year, and you know I gotta give back what he gave to me. So nice. Mike Davis, you're 19th in my rankings. I love you. New head coach in Atlanta, Arthur Smith. Um, he was offensive coordinator for the Titans. We know uh, how much he loved to run the ball in Tennessee. There was a guy named Derrick Henry that did pretty good. You oh, know, yeah. you know, I'm not giving it all to Arthur Smith, but you know, Smith values leaning on the run who are the fucking falcons running backs Corderell patterson is labeled Sucks. as the backup running back on their depth chart right now Corderell patterson the guy who's who was drafted as a wide receiver also quadri olison never fucking heard of him i'm sure you never have either nope. we'll probably never even hear of him again Mike Davis last year was better than Antonio Gibson. He was better than Kareem Hunt. He was better than Ezekiel Elliott, DeAndre Swift, several guys. He was better last year in fantasy football. He was eighth in PPR last year. He fucking dominated the scene when Christian McCaffrey went down. And he did it not just running, but catching the ball out of the backfield. He was targeted a shitload out of the backfield. Um, I just, I, I love that. He's going to get a high volume right now. I hope the Falcons don't try to, you know, pull some fast move and grab some other type of running back. Uh, the Falcons still are a good offense. I know Julio's gone. I know you shit on Matty Ice. They still have a lot of talent on that offense. I still think they're going to be very efficient. Um, and I, I just, I'm so excited to see Mike Davis go. And I love that his average draft position is, what'd you say, 70 something? What a fucking joke. 70, That's a joke. That's 75, a 75. Yeah, it's honestly crazy. And like I said, I think he could be a big steal of the draft. He's a little older, which I think is what's really keeping people from really diving in headfirst on him. And I, like, it's okay. I want to spend time on him because I think it's worth it. ADP 75, there's really no reason why he shouldn't have an even better year than he did uh, last year. And you're going to be able to get a high-end 
running back two at the price of literally a sixth or seventh round pick here. And and that's not something you get every year, let me tell you. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. I mean, I know Mike Davis is older, but you also got to think there's not a lot of tread on his tires. He doesn't have that many carries in his career. He has 400 carries in his career. Earlier in his career, he really didn't play much, didn't get much, uh, you know, love at all. So. So quick hits here, really, because like I said, we're running pretty long and these guys it's kind of up in the air. Let's talk about your about face on Travis Etienne, because in our first pod, our welcome bad pot, welcome back pod of the year, it didn't seem like you were too heavy on him. You're still holding the candle for James Robinson. How are you feeling about him now? Yeah, I know, man. And I think, you know, uh, in fantasy, sometimes you just got to, you know, learn to let go of guys you really like who get fucked over. And um, that's kind of what happened to uh, James. You hear me, Sean? I hear you. You're good. Oh, okay. I thought I cut out for a second. Um, there's a little thunder going on over here. So, hell yeah. Um, yeah. So, James Robinson got fucked over. And, you know what? I'm starting to get over it. Uh, Travis Etienne. He fits the mold, obviously, for Urban Meyer scheme, the out, outside zone blocking. And, um, you know, when you draft a guy first round as a running back, the guy's going to get some serious run. He's very dynamic. Um, you know, his potential in the receiving game is like too good to be true. Trevor Lawrence, I feel like he's going to lean on him heavily. I th- I still think James Robinson's going to get, you know, some serious play, but it, it seems from a lot of reports that, you know, they're both going to be on the field at the same time a lot. And ETN's going to be utilized as a wide receiver. Yes. Um, so, you know, I know it, it, we still haven't seen any of it yet. And Urban Meyer seems like he could be a shit show. But um, I don't know. I think there's um, high upside with Travis ETN there with his explosive ability and, you know, his uh, quick acceleration. Um you know, as a playmaker in the open field. He's really talented. Like you, you said it, the key for me, they're going to be lining up with wide, him up at wide receiver. Sign me up, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, just, just sign me up. I think he's going to be that Swiss Army knife type of running back, and I think he has really big potential. Um, real quick, Mike, Javante Williams. I like him a lot. There are reports saying that he could even start week one. Uh, his ADP 70, just real quick, what's your take on him? So he kind of r- reminds me of like my J.K. Dobbins situation with Mark Ingram last year. I feel like Javante Williams is eventually going to take over the fucking workload there. Uh, Broncos are getting younger and, they, you know, they have big potential. I, lo- I still like Melvin Gordon. I had him just outside my top 30. I wanted to put him in my top 30, but mm-hmm. I couldn't have him there because I still feel like there's going to be value. Let's remember... You know, uh, Melvin Gordon signed their last year, two-year deal. This is last year contract. He's getting older. The Broncos utilized Phil Lindsay a lot in the uh, rushing attack. Um, whether he was productive or not, you know, that's, you know, another argument. But I just feel like uh, they drafted Javante Williams earlier. Um, and I, I, I like what I've seen out of him at college. Melvin Gordon's gonna. There's gonna be a suspension for him this year as well with that DUI arrest. Uh, there's a lot of big potential with Javante Williams, and I just think eventually he's taking over as a starter running back. Exactly. I especially his ADP being so high there or low. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys that are. I think they're gonna be getting hyped up as we get into training camp. 
as we go on through preseason and start to get closer to draft day because we're still a solid what little less than two months under a lot of draft days or maybe like six yeah. weeks but you know this is there's a lot of rookies out there that could really capitalize now Mike, that's kind of all I want to talk about. I'm sure you want to throw it. Who was the last guy you had in there? I want. I want to. I'll bring it up real quick. Yes. I don't want to spend too much time on it. Uh, Trey Sermon. What'd you think of that? I mean, I am interested in it. I want to hear why you put him in the top thirty. Honestly, Forty ers always one of the uh, best rushing attacks uh, with the Shanahan's over there. Um, who is their running backs over there? Raheem Mostert. Raheem he's Mostert, older. Yep. He he always gets hurt. Jeff Wilson, another guy who gets hurt. There's just no one over there. Um, I feel like the window's kind of open for him to come in. They traded up in the third round to get him. Um, he's got one cut ability, uh, very fast, good vision, good hands. I a lot of people are high on Mostert, and I just don't get it. He, he's twenty nine, he's injured all the time. Yeah. I think uh and the 49ers, I believe, have the best um, strength of schedule for running backs. So when he's I'm very high in him. I think he could be a steal. Huh? When when Mustard's healthy, he's great. But honestly, yes. man, it's like, you know, I remember Sermon. I'm pretty sure. So he played at Oklahoma for a couple of years, and then he transferred to Ohio State. Um, you know, he was good. Third round, like you said, Uh I could see the younger, the better, and especially this 49ers team, I think they might really be ready to take off. They're going to surprise a lot of people People after a down year last year. So mm-hmm. I love it. But is there anybody else? I feel like these guys are kind of self-explanatory, like Miles Gaskin. I mean, it is what it is. Miles Sanders, we know he has all the potential in the world, but it's like, is he ever really going to reach it? Uh, you know, who else we got here? Chase Edmonds. Uh, Chase Edmonds. That's an, that's an interesting guy. Cause we were both pretty high in him last year. And I like um, them now. I mean, I don't think James Connor's really going to come in and, and do anything crazy to threaten that. I think Edmonds needs to stay healthy. And I, I think he could be a serviceable running back too. I really do. Yeah. He gets, you know, Edmonds gets a lot of check downs and uh screen passes his way. And then when, you know, when he's given the opportunity to be a running back, he rushes pretty well. 4.8 yards per carry last two seasons. Um, I think James Conner is going to come in and cut into his workload a little bit more than I, you know, wanted to see. But I, I like Chase Edmonds. I have him. I believe I have him 27th, I said, um, you know, you running back. If I get him as a running back three, I'd be very happy. And he's another injury prone guy, James Conner. You know what I mean? So I'm not oh, really yeah. holding my breath with anything like that. Um, Kareem Hunt, another guy that's pretty self-explanatory, especially in PPR. Um, I think we can leave it at that, Mike, right? I mean, you really want to break down Ronald Jones? Nope, nope. Ronald Jones, we know who Ronald Jones is. Um, you know, pretty good very good running back. Doesn't seem like he's going to get many, uh, many touchdowns. Uh, it's a, you know. They're passing over there in Tampa Bay. That's what that's what they're doing. So exactly. So if you made it this far at the end, like I say all the time, you're the real MVP. Thank you so much for listening. Um, you know, GrandCentralFantasy.com, Grand Central Fan on Twitter. Hit us up. Let us know what you think of the podcast. Let us know what you think of the list. It's going to be out probably within the next couple minutes. So if you're listening to this, it's most likely Thursday morning. Uh, so just hit us up. Let us know what you think, and we can't wait for the season. We'll see you guys in another week or two. Peace.